morning. It is good to see you. I am glad that you are here this morning. I'm glad for the folks that are watching online with us this morning. Uh, but here we go again, aren't we? Uh, we? We are expecting to turn the corner and see things to be really exciting. In fact, as our staff began to look ahead and to make plans for this Christmas season, we kind of had in our hearts that, you know, Christmas is going to be when we just kind of turn the corner and really start to be able to get some momentum as a church again and really get going. And here is the week that we've had to scale back so many activities in this week. And that's exhausting on our hearts. That's exhausting on our spirits. I know that you feel it as well, even as we walk in this morning. Morning, we just kind of know, oh man, here we go again. The cases are up. The restrictions on our life are up. Uh, my ability to have the same freedom in church that I'm used to having uh, just isn't here. And it just kind of weighs on us. And again, it's been so long. But I just want to remind you, remind us of a couple of things. One of the things that in the middle of all of these things, God does not change. He has not changed at all. He has not been moved. He has not been stirred. He has not been rearranged at all by the events that we have had to deal with in these days. And in fact, our response to him also doesn't change. In fact, our response to him is that we are to give him the best, the most, the all of who we are. That's what he deserves. That's what belongs to him. And, and so if you can be here and worship with us, then that's what we come and do. If the limit to what you're able to do is to gather around a phone or a TV uh, at home and watch our services online, whatever that max is, that's what God asks us to do. As we gather here this morning, you got the notes and the emails uh, just talking about uh, saying that we're going to keep masks on for the duration of the service. We do that so that we can continue to have services every single week. We want to do that so that this can be a safe place so that everyone who can be here this week can also be here uh, next week. And so we thank you for uh, being part of that uh, process of keeping this a safe uh, place. We're going to get through this. But I want to just also emphasize, just because all of the furniture of our lives has been rearranged this year, does not mean that God has moved off his throne. And we find ourselves before him just as we have every other week of our lives. All right? Let's take a look at our Word of God this morning. We're going to take a look at Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 26. Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 26. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was David, of the, Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. 
and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary arose and went in haste to the hill country, to the town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and the blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord shall come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what has been spoken to her from the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. Lord, we thank you that you speak into every part of our lives. So, Lord, as we pause, uh, really one of the most amazing sections of your word. Lord, I pray that we would hear it fresh. I pray that you would he- we would hear it new and that you would use it to build our lives up. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, quick question. How many of you enjoy a good phone call in the middle of the night? Uh, I mean, just all of a sudden, a phone call pops up in the middle of the night. Hey, here's what happens. If you get a phone call in the middle of the night, it's probably one of three things. One, it's a wrong number. Two, it's, it's Jake from State Farm. And when I put that in that, I didn't realize I was going to wear a red sweater and khaki pants uh, today that just kind of adds to the whole thing. Or it's either a wrong number, it's Jake from State Farm, or it's bad news. It's a piece of disruptive news. And so when that phone rings in the middle of the night, it just kind of makes our heart stop. It takes our breath away. We just kind of gather ourselves and try to prepare ourselves for whatever heavy, large, big thing is about to come and interrupt our lives. Some of you have had some of those interruptive moments and phone calls in your life. When I think of my own situation this year. Uh, I was sitting right there where Michael's sitting uh, back in August when I got the phone call just before church started that my mom had passed away. Just like that, the phone rings. It was in that same way. I knew that if the phone rang from my mom's nursing home on a Sunday morning, I knew that it probably wasn't good news. We get those kind of disruptive moments, those disruptive phone calls that just kind of stop everything and we know is going to rearrange our life. You may have experienced something like that, but I'm going to tell you that you never experienced something like Mary experienced here. 
Talk about a disruptive interruption of her life. Talk about a disruptive phone call that comes to her life when suddenly the angel of the Lord appears to her. Now keep in mind that oftentimes when an angel of the Lord came and appeared to a person, it was to bring a statement of judgment. It was to bring a statement of, of correction from God. And so just the appearance of this mighty, powerful angel before her would have been a really heart-stopping kind of moment. But this time the angel speaks to Mary and gives this incredible blessing that she is a favored one which I'm sure was just as puzzling inside of her head. What on earth does all of this mean? And then comes the bombshell that she will conceive, but not through a person, but through the Spirit of God himself. And in fact, she would become the only person in all of recorded history who would be a virgin and be pregnant. That's a disruptive 10 minutes in your life. Imagine in her life as she tries to sit there and try to wrap her own head around what just happened. What does this mean? What is this going to feel like? Am I sure this is what happened? Did I hear this right? And, and so she spends this time trying to figure this out in her own head. And then she realizes probably, i got to tell my mom. How, how do I explain this to my parents, how do I explain this angel? How do I experience the fact that I'm going to have a child and it's going to be because the Spirit of God comes upon me and not because of a relationship with a man? How, how do I explain that to my parents? And then she has to figure out, Joseph, Joseph, how, how do I explain it to Joseph? This person who I have betrothed my life to, who I have committed, that he is going to be the only person in my life. How do I explain it to Joseph? And then living in a small town, you all can imagine what it's like. Some of you who have lived in a small town, and sometimes when you go through crisis, it doesn't matter how big the town is, it all of a sudden seems like a small town. And it seems like everybody that you run into at the store knows your business. And it feels like the moment that you pass them in the aisle, that all of a sudden they're talking about your business. Talk about overwhelming. And did I mention that Mary at this time was probably likely a very young teenager? Overwhelming. Absolutely overwhelming. How about you this morning? Where are you this morning? Is anyone here this morning just plain whelmed? You ever been whelmed? Anybody just plain whelmed? How about this morning, anybody underwhelmed? You're like, you know what? This has been the most boring year of my life. I have no challenges. Everything is just going along so smoothly. I just keep falling asleep in the middle of my day because everything, I have nothing to worry about. I have nothing to be concerned about. The future looks great. The present is super. I don't have any shadows from the past over me. I am just underwhelmed in life. Anybody underwhelmed? <laughs> Anybody just, okay, uh, it's not bad, but I'm just plain whelmed. It's just going along just fine. How about overwhelmed? Does anybody feel overwhelmed in these days? Here's the good news. 
Here is the good news for your life. The overwhelming moments of life are often the divine movement of God through my life. The overwhelming moments of life can often be the divine movement of God through my life. So it may feel overwhelming. It may feel like I'm about to drown. It may feel like I don't know how I can get through this week, let alone this day. But I want you to know that sometimes those moments when we are most overwhelmed is when the Spirit of God is most clearly moving, rearranging, growing, and developing your life. How is that? Well, I'm glad you asked. I would tell you that sometimes it's the movement of God in your life when we are most overwhelmed. And in those moments... I want you to know that God actually uses change. God uses change. Now, the fact of the matter is that most of us don't like change. We like the routine. The older and older I get, the more I like my routines, the more I like things in the same place at the same time all the time. Every once in a while, we try to rearrange some furniture up here on the platform or rearrange how things are going to be. And Brian says, well, well, maybe some Sunday you could start on that side of the stage instead of having your little stool on that side of the stage. And I tell Brian, no, I always come from that side. I, I, I don't want change. The whole room would be different if I came from the other side. I need to start from that that spot. That's where I, I don't like change. <laughs> Brian says he's not, he's not just kidding. That's true. <laughs> Do you remember the old stories from your history books? Particularly when we talked about Christopher Columbus crossing the Atlantic and, and finding the new world. We, we had these pictures that would be in our history books, something like this, that the oceans would just drop off at the end of the world and somehow on the other side of the end of the world there were the monsters waiting for you. And if you went too far from what is comfortable, if you went too far from what you knew, absolute calamity would unfold in your life. All of us have a safe zone. All of us have a safe zone where we feel like this is going to be okay. And if I get beyond this, now our safe zones are different sizes. But all of us have a place where I feel safe here. But if I go too far here, then I suddenly feel like all of my security is gone. I remember the summer that I faced the monsters at the end of my world as a kid. I just was bored one summer. Me and a buddy, we just got on our bikes, and we just went one block further than we'd ever ridden our bikes before. It was like a brand new world. I didn't know what was. I was pretty sure that we were going to face monsters at the end of the block. And then the next day, I said, you know what? That was fun. Let's go one block further. And by the end of that summer, we had gone so far out of our neighborhood. The amazing thing is that we popped out by McDonald's. It was just dramatic that we had all of a sudden had discovered that we ended up on the far end of town. It was a, a brand, and I can't remember whether I was seven or 17 when that happened, but it was a, a really big deal that I had ventured into a brand new uh, place, and I had challenged the monsters at the end of my world. But here's the thing. You can't grow if you stay in the same spot your whole life. If you had asked Mary 
what she had planned or wanted or desired for her life. None of the events of Luke chapter 1 or Luke chapter 2 would have been on her list. The extent of her safe circle, the extent of what she felt like would be great for her life, never entered into Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 2, or in fact the whole rest of the Word of God. It was just safe. It was right here in this spot. But when God wanted to do something spectacular in her life, he had to move her from that place. Now what happens is that she has a choice. She has a response uh, in this place. Because what we find here is that Mary's journey hinged on her allowing God to move her outside of that circle of safety. And we find her response in verses 37 and 38. In verse 37 it says, nothing is impossible with God. And then Mary says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Now, that's a pretty big deal statement that she makes there. It is a statement that says to God, I know that nothing is impossible for you. And so, therefore, whatever it is that you want to do in my life, I release myself to you. Now, that's a really big deal statement. But what it did is it allowed her to say to God, I'm willing for you to rearrange, change my life and my circumstances, and I will trust you to move me out of the circle of my security if it accomplishes the purpose of your will and your kingdom inside of my life and inside of the world. This morning I want you to know that one of the ways in which our overwhelmed circumstance becomes the place where God is at work in our lives is when we allow him to use the change that's happening inside of our lives. But I would also tell you that God uses the supernatural. God uses the supernatural. Mary has said, God, whatever it is that, that you want to do inside of my life, I will allow you to do anything inside of me. But God does not leave Mary on her own. In fact, I want you to notice that what he does is he walks, what I want you to do is I want you to notice the things that he does to walk her through the impossible, the overwhelming, and the unbelievable. To begin with, there's a word that says that God is aware of her life. God has observed her life. God knows her. God is aware of the details of who she is picked out from all of the population of all of the world. God says, I know you. That's a supernatural reality. And I would tell you that's a supernatural reality that's true in your life in this moment. Out of all of the people who have ever lived, who are ever alive right now, God knows your story in a supernatural, dramatic way. God of the universe knows you. We also see here that God sends an angel. He does not just leave Mary on her own, but he sends the very messenger from heaven, an angel from God is what the text says. And that angel from God comes and spells out for her, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to unfold inside of your life, a supernatural encounter inside of her life. 
And then the, whole, then the angel explains to her that's what's going to happen in her life. It's going to be the movement of the Holy Spirit. God himself present in her life. It is going to be the shadow of the Almighty that's going to move. There's going to be supernatural presence inside of her life to accomplish these things. And these won't be the last times that Mary sees or encounters or witnesses or experiences the supernatural movement of God inside of her life and around her life. Now let me point out to you a couple of ways that God himself presents himself supernaturally in your life. One of the ways that I would say to you is in his word. Now sometimes we can look past his word because we have been surrounded by dusty old Bibles and drawers and corners and tables throughout all of our life. In fact, most of us can identify that we, we probably own eight different Bibles in our house. But do not miss out on the fact that the Word of God is a supernatural Word. It is a living, alive, present, encapsulating the power and voice of God. And what we hold in our hands is the ability for God to take his words from all of eternity and speak into your life in this moment. How many times have you seen, how many times have you experienced that in some circumstance that you felt isolated, alone, needed encouragement, that the word of God seemed as though it had been handpicked from all eternity and dropped into your life? That is not just another book. This is the supernatural living word of God that comes into our life and it speaks to our lives supernaturally. I would also tell you that this same Holy Spirit that would come upon Mary is the same Holy Spirit that lives inside of every single believer who is in Christ. Now that's remarkable. It is remarkable that we would share that this great person of God's word, Mary, who was part of this great, incredible moment where she was going to bear the Son of God, had the Holy Spirit inside of her. I want you to know that you have that same Holy Spirit inside of you. And that you and I walk through life as a believer in Christ with the same God who spoke the universe into existence who parted the Red Sea, who healed the lepers, who did all of the miracles of the Bible, that same Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And so when we come up against something that is overwhelming, understand that could be the very much the place where God is rearranging life so that what seems to be overwhelming is actually the movement of God inside of your life, rearranging life. God uses the supernatural, not just for Mary, but he uses the supernatural for your life as well. And then I would tell you that God uses people. God uses people. In this passage of scripture, we see that the supernatural is great. That was so important. That was so critical. It laid a foundation for all of the things that Mary was going to experience. But the angel didn't show up every day. In fact, I'm sure that there were days when Mary would have ached. 
to have the angel come back. So I have some follow-up questions. I didn't have questions that day, but now I've got some questions. I need to be reminded. I need to be encouraged. But the scripture doesn't tell us that the angel just showed up any time that Mary asked or wondered. In fact, it tells us that these are the times that Mary heard from the angel. You and I, you and I need encouragement on a regular basis. The supernatural was great, but the angel didn't show up every day. And sometimes Mary needed, sometimes you and I need people with skin on who will be our encouragement, who will be the kind of people that can give us the strength that we need to walk through overwhelming times. I want to just mention a handful of the people that God used inside of Mary's life. I want you to notice Joseph, who was a godly man, and when the angel of God appeared to him and explained the circumstances to him, then he too yielded his life, and he came alongside of Mary and was her protector and her encourager and her partner and walked through the journey. She couldn't have done it without the godliness, without the godliness of the one that she was engaged to. That, that was so important, the role that Joseph played. This passage of scripture emphasizes the role of Elizabeth. Uh, again, as, uh, as our drama this morning paid attention to, this is Elizabeth who was a blood relative to Mary. This is Elizabeth who had for so long wanted a child, but now was so far past the years of having children that all of a sudden, through the divine movement of God, and again, an angel announced pregnancy is pregnant. Now Elizabeth lives in another town and God arranges all of these things so that there is a safe place for Mary to go and live out the rest of her pregnancy. Not only does she go and live out the rest of her pregnancy away from all of the wagging tongues of her own hometown, but she arrives there with Elizabeth, who also is a godly woman, who is a family member. She is a godly woman who has also experienced the movement of God in a miraculous way in terms of a pregnancy. And even in Elizabeth's words that says, you carry the one who is my Lord. That her words echo and reaffirm and confirm the words of the angels. In fact, the people continue to be an encouragement to Mary. We think going ahead to the shepherds who arrive and again confirm all of the things that God said are true and he's told us as well. The wise men who come. We see Simeon and Anna who are in the temple as Mary and Joseph come to present, Joseph, to present Jesus. All of them echo, confirm, reaffirm, strengthen and repeat the very things that the angel of God has said to Mary. So that one of the biggest issues that Mary would have wondered in the rest of her life is, did I hear this right? Did I understand this correctly? And what God does is he puts people inside of her life that time and time again say, this is what God has said for your life. So what does this mean for our lives this morning? What does this mean for our experience this morning? Uh, I want to just mention a few things that I, that I want you to think about for this week. One of the things 
I want to encourage you to stop negotiating with God. And what I mean by that is that I think that there's a tendency in our lives to say, God, I'm willing to be obedient about this far. I'm willing to trust you up to this point. I'm willing to pour out my time, my energy, my resources up to here. And basically when we describe this point and here, what we're doing is that we are creating that circle of security spiritually and saying, God, these are the things that I kind of know and that I kind of understand. But I want to stay inside of that circle, God. You, you can't take me past that. I want you to think about some of those limits that you may have put on God. I said, I'll trust you this far. I'll engage my life this far. I will rearrange my life spiritually this far, but not any further. I want to challenge you this morning to stop negotiating those distances with God and say, wherever, however, Forever, I will go as far as you ask me to go. I would also say, in terms of what do we do next, I would also say, what is it that you are doing to be sure that you can hear when God speaks to you? We talked a little bit about the angel that appeared. We talked a little bit about the living word of God. We talked a little bit about the Holy Spirit who is alive inside of us. All different ways in which God speaks to us. But I want to just challenge you. I want to challenge me with this question. What exactly are you doing to make sure that when God speaks, through his word, through the spirit of God, through somebody else, to make sure your ear is attentive to his voice. We have so much noise. We have so much focus in other directions. If God were to speak specifically to your life this week, do you know for sure that you're being attentive enough that you would hear it? To slow down, spend time in his word, Spend time in prayer so that if God were to speak into your life this week, that you would hear it. And then one other application that I would leave you with is I would ask you to think about how can you be God's agent in someone else's life this week. Remember we talked about the fact that God uses people to encourage Mary, that God uses people to encourage us in life. I want you to think about what ways can you encourage someone that you can come along beside someone and give them a word of blessing, of encouragement, a word of direction, a word of affirmation inside of their life. You know, there's a lot of times that we think about saying something to somebody that would encourage them and bless them, be like, ah, they don't really want to hear about it. I don't want to, I, I don't want to expose myself. I, I don't want to just, it might be awkward if I were to say something, and so we just hold that back or we just get busy. Man, I want you to know that there are words of affirmation and encouragement and blessing to completely change and rearrange other people's lives. Now, I would tell you that in this year, that has been so difficult that we live brittle and 
hearts because of all the things that we've walked through in this day. And if you can come alongside somebody and encourage them and bless them, tell them the places where you see God at work in their life, it will be a feast for their soul. And so I would encourage you to become a person that God uses to bless and encourage some other people that are in your life today. Stop negotiating. Make sure that you can hear when God speaks and be ready to be an agent in someone else's life. Let me pray for you.